We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast, a road trip edition. I am Carson Cunningham. I am at the Texas State Fair for the OU Texas game down here in Dallas. Just a few miles away in Dallas is Kyle Porter. Kyle, what's going on? Not much. You sound uh, you sound surprisingly good for being jammed into that uh, just circus that is the the Texas State Fair right now. Um, are you are you excited for Texas OU? What is what is your general feeling about Tex, covering Texas OU? It's fun, man. Uh, you know, going to Oklahoma State. I never really came down to this until the last you know three or four years. I've, I've covered it since twenty fourteen. And it's pretty cool, man. I mean, to have it at a fair where you can walk around and there's beer and there's corn dogs and literally the Texas State Fair is just right outside the game is a really cool environment. And even more, even cooler than that is the fact that it's a 50-50 crowd. Like split down the middle, you can see exactly where the red and the orange meet. To me, that's awesome. It's just, it's so cool. And I get to walk up and down the ramp that the players walk down. So it's, it's a cool environment for sure. I think even if you don't like OU in Texas, you should at least come down to one of these. Yeah, it, it does. I, I do love the the fifty fifty thing. That that's pretty cool. Because w- when else do you get that? You know, you don't you don't get it at a at a bowl game. You never get it at a regular home game, whether it's Big Twelve or Big Ten or otherwise. It, it's it's a it's kind of a rarity, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it makes it unique because every play is cheered, no matter what the result is. And it, it always reminds me, and my first experience with that, Kyle, was the Bedlam basketball game in Oklahoma City. Oh, uh, yeah. When it was OSU against Blake Griffin. Yeah. And it was like 50-50 in that game. And I'd, I'd never been in a game like that where literally every bucket was cheered about the same volume. It's really it's really interesting. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, well, Oklahoma State hopefully uh, will not have a 50-50 crowd in Ben Pickens Stadium on <laughs> Saturday. But, uh, you know, it's interesting, Carson. You, you sent this stat into our Slack earlier today, and, and it's something that we had kind of touched on in various posts this week. But Oklahoma State's not been very good at home in the last few years. They've been better on the road. I wrote a post earlier this week. Since 2010, they're slightly better at home than they are on the road, which is – which is pretty crazy. Uh, it, it's I think they're I think they've won like seventy five percent of their games overall, seventy seven at home, and seventy four on the road. So, so something like those numbers. And um, you know, OU's another team that's up there that hasn't been better at home than they've been on the road. Now you can argue that both ways, right? You can argue that they're uh, those teams are just really good road teams, or they're just kind of not as good as they should be at home. And, and I think that's probably where, where most Oklahoma State fans land with uh, this team and, and the previous few is that they just haven't been very good at home. And and I, I'm curious to see if that continues this weekend with an Iowa State team that, honestly, they should, they should be pretty handily. It is bizarre, isn't it? I mean, I would also say, Kyle, that, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but OSU has one of the better home crowds you can ever have. I know. I mean, it's not a hundred thousand. It's not a hundred thousand people. Sure, it's not even sixty. But with the the way the fans are on top of you, it's a lot like Gallagher Iba, where the fans are just right next to the the field of play, and they haven't been able to utilize that in the win. It's really weird. And if you go back to Gundy's tenure early on; they couldn't win on the road. Now they're almost better on the road than they are at home, or they are actually by record. It seems. What was the records that I sent in the Slack? This was from uh, this was from Barry Trammell's article. He's he's picking uh, Iowa State to win 
and he put these these two records out. What were they exactly? Yeah, I, I just pulled them up. Since the start of 2014, Oklahoma State is 11 and eight in Big 12 home games, which is yeah. cra- which is crazy, and 14 and five in Big 12 road games. Wow. So they're three games better on the road. They've played the same number. They've both they played 19 home and 19 on the road, and they're three games better on the road. Again, this is not like it's not like you're just picking out the 2017 season. You're this is. 14, this is four seasons and change worth of data, and I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't really get it, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we're just in the middle of this sort of, you know, downward um, just swoon at home for Oklahoma State teams, but it just that shouldn't happen. It doesn't make sense, and they're, they're a team that, is, that should be better than that. Yeah, that's it's a crazy stat, and I think there is a tendency for the for the team and coaching staff, frankly, to to relax a little at home, rely too much. Okay, we're at home; this is our place. Like we're going to play well, or they they don't play or coach as aggressively in a way at home. It's just me kind of spitballing here, but I just go back to some of those games they were favorites that they just kind of came out very very non-aggressive, very passive game plans and we're not exactly going for the throat. So maybe that's maybe that's part of it. Maybe they've just played better teams at home in certain years. I don't know what the reason is, but that's that's a concern, Kyle, because they have Iowa State coming in. You, you say they should win rather handily. I don't know. I mean, the last three games they've played against Iowa State have all been nail-biters. It's where they've earned the nickname Cardiac Cowboys with two of those ridiculous wins. In uh, in Ames, and then the one the one last time they were in Stillwater, they were really dead to rights. They were down by like seventeen late. Yeah, I think they were down seventeen twice in the game last year in Ames. So, and I and I think Iowa State is sneaky, Kyle, because they're one and three. They didn't play again because of the weather, but they've lost to Iowa, TCU, and Oklahoma. I mean, that's a far better schedule than what than what Oklahoma State's played. So while they're one and three on paper, I think they're a better team than that. And I, if I had to bet this game, I'd probably take Iowa State in the points. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm picking them just yet, but that's that's kind of where I'm leaning. So they played two Power Five teams in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, I, I get it now. Yes, uh, they played two Power Five teams, and then, you know. Iowa held them to three points, Kyle. So it's hard to it's hard to make fun of them too much. I yeah. don't think Oklahoma State's defense is going to do that. Well, I think there's there's a couple different things going on here. You know, Iowa State is averaging seventeen and a half points a game. Again, like part of this is hard because I don't know how good Oklahoma State is. I really don't. Like they, I have, I still we're six. We and I feel like we say this every year. We're six games, or this is going to be the sixth game, and it's like, well, I. I think they're good. The Tech game seems like a one-off, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a ton of confidence in the idea that, you know, I was looking this up today. Every November that they've had since 2008 uh, has has been meaningful. Like, they've been playing for something. They've been playing for either a Big 12 South title or a Big 12 title. They've gone into November in almost every year of the last 11 uh, was something on the line. The only one they didn't really was was 2014, and and they have an opportunity to do so again this year if they can get by uh, these two 0 and two Big 12 teams, Iowa State and Kansas State. Then you can get it to the end of October and see what happens against Texas. And uh, I I don't know. I I just think that you know Iowa State's 
you know, they're down a quarterback. Um, Montgomery has been injured. He's pro- it seems like he's going to play, but he's not going to be super healthy. It just just seems like a team you should beat at home. You know, not I handily might have been the wrong word, but it doesn't seem like they should struggle against this Iowa State team. But we've said that each of the last three. You remember the uh, 15 game when it was up in Ames and, and uh, J.W. Walsh, like, scored a touchdown. Was that the game that he shook Mike Holder's hand after he scored the touchdown? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> that's one of my that's one of my all-time favorite JW Walsh moments. But you're right. I mean, they they have played Iowa State close or I guess Iowa State has played them close uh in each of the last 3 years when when OSU kind of should have probably just run them out of the building a few times. Yeah, that's my deal and we keep comparing this team to the 2014 team, Kyle, but you know the, the flip side of that would be that 2015 team that you're referencing that played up in Ames, where that's one of Gundy's bigger Houdini acts was winning 10 games with that 2015 team. Maybe if they get by, as you said, Iowa State and Kansas State, they they figure out their identity better on offense and their defense keeps sacking the quarterback, then who knows? So maybe that's the flip side to us constantly comparing them to the, the 2014 team. So it's not all it's not all lost yet, but they absolutely, Kyle, if they want to do anything in the season, need to win yeah. against these next two games to have any sort of hope of of having a good year. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, we need to uh, talk about one of our sponsors. We're going to do a uh, – since we already did a toast this week, Carson, we're going to do somebody to watch for the game. So it's time for the Coop Ale Works uh, watch list of the week. Coop Ale Works, bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold coupe at works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Carson, who is on uh, your one-man watch list for this weekend? I can go a number of different directions, and I'm not going to go Tyron. I know that's low-hanging fruit for me, mm. uh, but I am going to go with Chuba Hubbard. I think, Kyle, they, this week they may have, you know, with Jalen McCluskey's absence in the slot, I think they might have some, some plays in store for, for Chuba. And I can't say enough about him, Kyle. Like, he had a lot of hype coming in, namely from you and me. <laughs> more so you. I think you were way more in on Chuba than ever. I even was. But he's got the track speed. We saw him hurdle a dude like it was the, the Olympics up in, up in Lawrence, Kansas. I know they have a track around their field, but it wasn't actually the Olympics. But – Chuba is so explosive, Kyle. He just looks different carrying the football. And I kind of I kind of think they might get him on some swing some swing passes, some stuff out of the backfield where I think he could have a big day and, and maybe and really kind of catch he's going to catch Iowa State off guard per se because they saw him they've seen him play this year, but I think he could be far more of a focal point than than Iowa State would anticipate and I think his speed is something Iowa State would really struggle with. So I'll go I'll go with Chuba. Yeah, uh, you're you're confusing me with the other Kyle. Kyle Boone is the one who was all in on Chuba. Um, I was concerned about how they would about how they would use him and whether it would be Tyreek 2.0 to where you have this freak, you know, athletically that you don't really know where to where to put him. Um, <clears throat> I am going to go a little bit off the board. I, I want to go Dylan Stoner, but I, I don't. I actually haven't seen if he's going to play or not and even if he does he's he's been injured and that's I don't know that's worrisome so instead I'm going to go with uh, somebody who played really well last week and that is uh, Landon Wolf uh, you know th- there's been I thought um, Dustin Ragusa wrote 
really well about this for our site this week. He was talking about how, and Thomas Fleming did a little bit as touched on this a little bit as well. They were talking about how Iowa state likes to take away the deep ball uh, and they will give up some stuff in the flats. And I just think that, that's a pass that Cornelius makes pretty well. And, and, and I think that, you know, if, if McCluskey was still on the team, I think this would be a, a, a Jalen special. I mean, I think he would just be green light to Jalen all day. But I don't know. I, I see Wolf filling in nicely for him. He already did it last week. And uh, I think they're going to I think they're going to throw it. All. I think I think Iowa State's going to maybe try to take away Tylen a little bit and limit justice. And I think that opens up maybe the middle of the field for Wayne and Wolf, and and if Stoner plays, and and whoever else is kind of in that slot position. I like it. So if this was like daily fantasy, like McCleskey would be like the guy you'd want on your team because of, of the matchup. So he since he's not there, you're going with his backup, not Lane and Wolf. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Now, can Iowa State stop uh, the fade route? Remember, remember uh, last season in, in Ames, they just started throwing the fade to Aitman like four plays in a row, and they just kept <laughs> getting interference calls. That, what, what's the, stopping Corndog from doing that with Tylen? He already does that anyway. Now that they're playing Iowa State again, he might just launch it up. Well, apparently Iowa State has this sophomore safety. I can't remember his name, but he is a he's a freak. Like he's a stud, and so I, I don't know if you know you don't want to hang hang Tylen out to you know get smoked on the sideline over there. But that was. One of those, th- the, I think one of the TDs that Mason threw to uh, to Aitman, it might have been to take the lead late, was like one of the best throws and catches those two ever had. I mean, they had a they had a bunch, uh, but I can't. Do you remember if that was in the fourth quarter, the one that was like back of the end zone? Yeah, that was that was fourth quarter. Yeah, it was it was awesome. He, like Mason like ran around, like broke a few tackles and just launched it up in the air and. Aitman high pointed it like in the very very back corner. Yeah, and then obviously AJ Green had the interception and that yeah another crazy game in Ames. You know that they haven't lost Carson to Iowa State since you know when back in the 2011. Yeah, that long? I know they won. Uh, what was it? They won. I thought they won six in a row. They won yeah, six in a row. That's right. Yeah, they won six in a row, and then this would be this would be seven. But uh, yeah, Iowa State is behind Kansas, uh, Gundy. Uh, Mike Gundy has a, the best record of any Big 12 team he's faced against Iowa State right now, now that he lost to Texas Tech. So it'll be interesting to see if he can, uh, if he and Oklahoma State can keep that up this weekend. Uh, we need to talk unis, Carson. We actually, this is one of the rare times where we already have our uni predictions uh, either on the side or scheduled to go here in a little bit, but um, we're going to talk about them. Uh, it's time for this week's uniform preview brought to you by Chris's University Spirit. Your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, what are you predicting for the uni matchup this weekend? We're locked in, man. We got our predictions in early. I know. Um, I'm going – Kyle, I quit trying to, like – like, I've been so off this season, and I've quit trying to predict, like, what they'll do. Because I think, I think they just kind of – I think they're kind of – they're going covert on us. They're going, they're going just off the board a lot. So I'm just going to start picking what I want to see and just see if I do any better than what I actually think will happen because I've been way off so far this year. I'm still shocked we haven't seen white white orange since 2011. That's crazy. That I, is I thought crazy. we might see that at the Lawrence. And it, it showed, Kyle, that going all white with the, the cool white brand helmet shows that they're not going to – they're not afraid to go to a, an elite combo against Kansas or Iowa State or this, this early in the season. So – that in mind, I would like to see black, black, orange, 
with the, the the helmet they wore in Bedlam last year, the updated all black with the the orange chrome brand. Uh, black, black, orange, Kyle is is very underrated. It, it it might give all black a run for its money because you and I are just such aficionados of the orange pants. They just they pop so well. Pair them with with the black, black, orange. That would look sweet. I think it's Justin Southwell's favorite combo. He said so. I'll go with that. Yeah, I like that. I love the black, black, orange. I, I think it's. I think it's fantastic. I think it might be better than I think I've done so many of those rankings. I can't remember where I had it, but I think I might've ranked it ahead of, ahead of all black uh, at times. Although that, I don't know, man, that bedlam combo last year was pretty, uh, was pretty awesome. Uh, I actually went a little bit different as well. I went orange, black, orange, uh, but I went with a helmet that we have not seen yet. And that is a, uh, a chrome badge on an orange helmet. Mm, I like it. Yeah, I, I, I think mean, it, they've they've shown that they're willing to tinker and and just basically debut a new helmet every game. So yeah, I, I like that pick. Yeah, I you can get your big scary Chrome Pete out of here, and uh, <laughs> and replace it with a Chrome badge. I would I would love to see that. It would be awesome. I love that they're kind. I think I think it's just, this is a safe place to say this. I think they're kind of phasing out scary Pete. Phantom Pete, good. Have we seen him in a while? Uh, I don't know. I I always think it. I can't not think of you calling him Little Bo Pete. So I I I, <laughs> I I can't even focus on anything else. Well, I know you were referring to the the oversized chrome orange helmet that we've seen before with the chrome Pete on it. I, I'm referring to like the black helmet with like the the Phantom P where he's got the ha- half of his face is in shadows. He's kind of peeking around the corner. I think they're kind of phasing scary. That's, that's a little scary Pete. Yeah. It, a little scary <laughs> it does. It does feel like he's sort of been replaced by the, by the badge, right? And, and Bravo. I, I, the badge has really grown on me. Kyle. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I, mean, I, I even tweeted when they wore it, um, uh, the last home game that against tech, that, I think the badge is better than just the brand by itself. Yeah, I, I do. I think I think that's a fair argument. You know, I was thinking about this. It's it's hard enough to come up with like one logo, like just coming up with a logo for your website, or I don't know. I, we got disconnected. I forgot to pay my Skype bill. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, I'm just jumping back into what I was talking about. Uh, I was talking about how the uh it's hard enough to come up with one logo like i've thought about that for a website and just all this different stuff that you're trying to you're trying to figure out how to make your your brand not the osu brand but your brand uh you know flow well and look good and i feel like oklahoma state's got two pretty good ones you know i don't think either of them are like the best logo in the country but they've got two that are recognizable that people know that uh, I think stand out pretty well that you can do a lot of different stuff with. I, I, I think they've done a really good job of kind of, you know, and we talk about this a lot, but just bringing themselves into this new era of, of helmets and uniforms and all this different stuff. It's, it's been, uh, I don't know. It's been pretty cool. I really like the badge because it also ha- the badge has the brand on it too. So it's yeah. really kind of best of both worlds. I love it. It kind of looks like the Dallas Cowboys having a star on your helmet. So I, I love it, and Kyle, we've been we've been seeing subtle signs of what we've been calling for for a long time. Do you know what I'm referring to? Uh, the the throwbacks. The yeah, 80, 1988. 
at Kansas, yeah. all the equipment staff guys were wearing hoodies with the original brand on it. Yeah, it's going to happen. It has to happen. Yeah, Barry Sanders in the house. Yeah. 88 throwbacks. Texas. Losing to Texas. That, that's going to stink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, okay, uh, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back, and I've got two more things for you, Carson, and then we will wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, first thing, uh, new college football coaching salaries came out this week, and uh, Mike Gundy is paid as the 10th highest paid coach in the country, $5 million. He's tied with your boy, Willie Taggart, down at Florida State, and Scott Frost at Nebraska, who has yet to win a game at Nebraska, just behind Tom Herman and just ahead of Gary Patterson. Uh, Your thoughts on Mike Gundy as the 10th highest paid coach in the country? Well, this is why he flirts with Tennessee and Baylor and all those other schools is because he wants to be paid what he's deserved. And, of course, he's he's won too many games to be paid less than Willie Taggart or Scott Frost or the, name, or the names you mentioned. Even even Gary Patterson. I guess Gary Patterson's longer tenured and and uh, he, did, he did share the Big 12 title, too, so... But no, I mean, this is why he holds out. This is why he fights for what he feels he deserves. And I have, I have, I have issues with how he goes about it. But I just feel like if he just sat down and talked with Mike Holder, maybe get a raise. Maybe he tried that. And maybe this was his only recourse. I don't know. I'm not privy to those conversations. But I think he deserves to be paid in the top ten. I think you just look at his record. You look at what he's done at Oklahoma State. Look at what Oklahoma State was before he got there. And I don't have any issue with that. Oh, she's making a lot of money, Kyle. And if anyone deserves to make. To, to reap the benefits, it's probably Mike Gundy. So I, I have no issue with it. It's pretty interesting. I don't have any issue with it either. He brings in far more than what he costs. But <clears throat> I think it's pretty interesting that he's the second highest paid coach in the Big 12. You got you got Herman at five and a half, which, okay. I mean, I guess you so – that's just like a – you have to pay the head coach of Texas at least five and a half mil, uh, I guess, is the <laughs> is the thing there. Uh, then you got Gundy at five. You got Gary Patterson at four point eight. You got Lincoln Riley at four point eight. Cliff at three point seven. I don't know how much his beard costs, but that's what his salary is. Uh, Dana at three and a half. Matt Rule, Bill Snyder, and Matt Campbell at three and a half, and then David Beatty at Kansas at one point seven. Um, I guess uh, Snyder at three and a half is the like. There's only one person who's paid less than him in the Big Twelve. That's mildly surprising. Yeah, you'd think he would just stick it to K State and be like pay me six million dollars for all I've done. Like, yeah, <laughs> look where K State was where he got there, and look how bad a shape they were in when he came back. He right. really could have, he really could have gouged them more than he, more than he has. But uh, this might be the uh, Gundy will not be Gundy will not be too for very long, Kyle. I can bet you my next year's paycheck <sighs> that Lincoln Riley is going to get a raise this year. And yeah, that's above. that's exactly. 
That's exactly what I was about to say. This might be the last year that uh, Mike Gundy has paid more than Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's going to be making like $6 million as a 36-year-old. It's not a bad gig, although he's he's exceeded expectations for me as far oh, as yeah. being a CEO and all that. So he's, he's really revitalized me. So that's – I mean, you look at wins and losses, Kyle. Doesn't Gundy deserve to be, you know, two or three in the salary? I think so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the way, Nick Saban – was at the top 8.3 urban 7.6 jim harbaugh 7.5 uh and then jim your boy jimbo at 7.5 as well isn't say we've talked about this a lot too but saving's underpaid right you should you should make like 20 million a year yeah you could move a couple commas and he would still be underpaid mm-hmm. he's yeah um okay and then the other thing i wanted to talk about Real quick, before you go get your fill of uh, fried food at the fair, is do you do the fried stuff? I dabble. I mean, I'll do like a corn dog. I'm not doing like fried pickle. No, not fried. Fried pickles are pretty good, actually. <laughs> but uh, fried, like, fried like ice cream. I'm not doing that, no. Mm. Uh, yeah, I saw they have like the, the thing this year is like fried rice, but not – not like, not like fried rice, but like balls of rice that have like cinnamon and sugar, and I I don't know, I don't I don't know what else going yeah. on there. Uh, okay, I wrote a post talking about the careers of Justice Hill and Barry Sanders. Justice is going to play in his thirty second game on Saturday, which is the same number that Barry played in thirty two games in an Oklahoma State uniform. Justice, if he gets seven carries on Saturday, will match Barry Sanders with five hundred and fifty eight carries all time. And right now, Justice trails him by only 600 yards. Justice has 3,200, and Barry has basically 3,800. Are you surprised by any of this? Just what's your reaction to kind of comparing the the careers of Justice Hill and and Barry Sanders so far? I mean, it's on the surface, sure. I mean, the fact that he's in the same conversation with Barry numbers-wise is amazing. But then you look at it, and Barry didn't. Barry really only played, what, one year? I mean, he was a backup to Thurman. He returned kicks. And then he just ran for, like, a million yards his junior year and then went pro. It's, it's kind of like the Des Bryant deal where he, his career was cut so short. Des, because of the NCAA, and then Barry, because he didn't start till his junior year and, and went nuts. So that's, that's on the surface, sure. But once you really look at it, I mean, Justice's longevity is really what's putting him in that same conversation. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty interesting. You know, they I look at yards per carry, I guess, probably is the, the stat that stands out the most. Justice is at five point eight, which is it's really good. I mean, just for what I d I don't know. It, it's really impressive. And then Barry uh is at six point eight. He's almost at seven yards a pop, which is it's a joke. I mean, it's so it was just unbelievable. But I, I just I guess my whole point in writing that post is just that the the fact that justice is even in this conversation, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast, even over the last couple of weeks, but it, it still feels like we're sort of underrating his place in Oklahoma state history. I mean, he he's already, if he doesn't play another game, he's an all timer, you know, he's, he's one of the, the best handful of running backs ever in Oklahoma state history. And uh, he still has a presumably a season and a half left to go. Although I don't think we're going to get the, the, the full season in 2019. Uh, I, I just, 
I, I've been so impressed by his, he's played in every game uh, just by what he's done so far, and uh, I'm excited about the rest of his year. Me too. I mean, he, they obviously made a point to get in the ball against Kansas. They obviously need to keep that the rest going the rest of the year. But uh, he is – we've talked about it. He, he has a chance to be one of the best ever uh, in school here. So, and we both agree it's probably his last year. So Yeah. They're going to need him on Saturday, Kyle. It's a tough game. Are you, are you picking Iowa State or are you picking OSU? No, I picked Oklahoma State. I actually picked him to win big. It feels like every – game this year that we thought we knew what was going to happen it went the opposite we thought boise would be close uh and it wasn't we thought tech would be a blowout and it was but in the opposite direction uh, and then we thought kansas would be close or i did i mean i thought it would be relatively close just because oklahoma state struggled up there and you know oklahoma state won not easily but they won by three touchdowns so i think i think they're gonna sort of go the the opposite way of because i think most people do think it's going to be close this weekend and i think they're gonna gonna kind of go the opposite way yeah i like that pick i'm i'm picking oklahoma state but i, I do think it's going to be somewhat close i mean iowa state's quarterback lit up you know zeb nolan is name. he lit up oklahoma not that oklahoma has some great secondary but i mean over time you've you've seen that oklahoma and oklahoma state's defenses are about the same so i, I think they'll, they can have some success throwing the football downfield with their big receiver uh keen butler so i think iowa state's gonna score some but uh, i'm picking osu to win i'll i'll pick them um 31 21 so right on the number yeah at 31 24 i looked on okay I, i'd say iowa state numbers yeah, I had uh, forty to seventeen. So I, I think, I think Oklahoma State's you know bondage is back. I think their uh, I think their defense is going to look look better than you know maybe it did against KU and and Tech. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. Should be interesting. Uh, Carson, don't eat too much fried food this weekend, and uh, we will chat uh, either on Sunday or hopefully uh, do some some sort of post game around the Iowa State game. Okay. Sounds good, man. Have a good weekend. Okay. Talk soon. Talk to you later.